Welcome back, everyone. This is Lindsay Hager with episode 12 of the Peacemakers podcast. 12 episodes, guys. I really just can't believe um, that it's been 12 episodes. I know that 12 isn't a very high number, but for me, this is huge, guys. That means that I took ideas that started in my heart and in my head and I put them to paper. I took all of the necessary steps to get these ideas recorded and out to you all. It's huge. And yes, I am patting myself on the back and that's a little strange um, for me, but I had a moment this week while I was lying in bed and it was an overwhelming moment of pride. I was thinking of how far I have come over this past year, I guess like year and a half now, Um, just from that point of starting um, to brainstorm the idea of the podcast. But so I was lying in bed and I was just overwhelmed with pride. And um, I was thinking of just all of the steps that it's taken to get here and how this podcast and the Peacemaker message that I'm putting out via my Instagram account and my Facebook group that it would not exist had I not made the choice to wake up to my life and to my passions and to actually step into the life that I, or that calling that I knew that I had inside. And the feeling of pride that I felt, and I'm actually feeling it right now as I'm telling you guys this, it's like a mother looking at her child beaming with love and joy. And my heart is saying, way to go. You did it. I love you. And as I say that, um, as I'm talking to you right now, I have another feeling in me. It's in the depths of me, and it's just really desiring to downplay my pride right now um, and diminish what I just told you. But I think you know what I mean by that. But it's hard to sing our praises, isn't it? Um, It's hard to pat ourselves on the back. But I just want you to know that I really am doing everything I can to step more into the person that I was made to be every day. And I'm the first to say that it's definitely not always a pretty process, um, nor is it easy to do it. But the moments of pride that I was telling you about, that moment that I felt whenever I was lying in bed and just feeling like that love of a mother um, holding her child, looking at her child, that feeling is just so worth it. And it's just so worth it for me to keep going and to keep doing um, everything I'm doing to show up for my life. So if you're here today, I want you to stop doing what you're doing right now and I want you to listen in. I really, really, really want you to listen to this entire episode. So I'm the first to admit that sometimes I start an episode and I get 15 minutes in and I don't finish it for whatever reason. Maybe it lost my attention for a second, or maybe I started doing something else or got pulled away. But if you're here, then I'm guessing you've listened before, or maybe you're subscribed, or maybe something about the title just caught your attention. But this episode is not very long. It's about 30 to 45 minutes. And I think there's just so much in here for you. I'm sharing my recent interview with Hillary McCaskey from Enneagram and Coaching. Hillary is a type 9 peacemaker, and she's sharing her journey of waking up to her life. She and I talk about the pain that often puts us to sleep as children or sometime in our childhood, and it puts us asleep to our true selves, 
And then on the flip side, we talk about the pain that tends to be the catalyst often for waking us back up to our lives. Hillary's story is so beautiful, and it's just so relatable for anyone that has a calling to engage in their lives more fully. And also, um, you know, on the other side of that, maybe you have that calling, but you struggle with taking the steps forward because you have fear or past traumas that, that need to be dealt with and addressed, or maybe you just feel lost in the process of discovering yourself. I have linked Hillary's info in the show notes because I just know you're going to want to know more about her after this interview. Her YouTube channel is gold. Please go and check it out. Um, You can learn more about the Enneagram and she just has lots of videos on each type and they're easy to understand. And because she's a peacemaker, she also has tons of type nine videos. Um, So if an If you've been considering hiring a life coach that's a type 9 and certified in the Enneagram, I know you're going to want to check her out. Okay, so the last thing before I hit go on this interview, Hillary and I referenced the type 9 song from Sleeping at Last's album, um, which is a project from Ryan O'Neill. It's all about the Enneagram. He wrote a song for each number. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about and love this album and love the Type 9 song. And he's also, Ryan is also a Type 9 himself. So I think you're really going to love the song if you haven't heard it already. But I'm linking all of this down in the show notes. um, So you can definitely go and check that out. Okay, here we go. Enjoy this interview, guys. So I'm so glad you're here. And I'm so glad to finally be talking to you. And I've been stalking you. I'm just going to say that, first of all, because (laughs) I've been watching your videos and you know, getting to know you through Instagram and things like that. But I always feel a little creepy when I finally meet the person. I'm like, you, you feel like a friend, but we're just meeting. So I, I want to start by talking about you as an Enneagram nine and, and you as a coach. So how mm-hmm. did, how did you come to decide? I want to, I want to be a coach and, and this is what I'm going to start doing with my life. Yeah. Okay. Before I jump into that, I also want to say I've stalked you and <laughs> I actually feel this is so comfortable. I feel like I totally know you because we have talked over social media for at least over a year, if not more. Mm-hmm. And so this just feels super comfortable to like sit down with you. It It's great. So thank you for having me on your yeah. podcast. Really appreciate it, Lindsay. And okay, so how did I get started? This really goes back really around 10 years ago. And my husband's job moved us to Alaska. And little did I know that Um, That would be a season where I no longer knew who I was because I no longer was around the people I can merge with. I was just with my husband and kids and the people that I had surrounded, the friendships and everything that I was so used to merging with were no longer there. And I had no idea. And I found myself um, in this really almost depressive state. And I didn't understand why. And this is the craziest thing. At my church, they had hired an Enneagram coach. I had never heard of the Enneagram before. And it was just for their staff. Somehow, I don't even remember how, I ended up meeting him and he offered to type. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand why. Took whatever test he had. And in the end, it said I was a type nine peacemaker. And I literally think that was one of the most pivotal points of my life because I all of a sudden understood myself a little bit better. I felt like somebody read my mail. I, I couldn't understand how this could even know that much about me, but it did. 
And from there, I started studying it, but not, I signed up for, there's an email, I think that goes out, but any a thought of the day, you know, mm-hmm. I started getting that. And so I started little by little um, implementing it into my life, but nothing huge. And so I got through that season. I've just started to understand who I was as a person. And this was in my early thirties and uh, we moved again. And then my mom got cancer. And this was about five years later, she got cancer. And um, I have to say like, that was in itself, just the hardest time, the hardest, hardest thing I've ever been through. And through that, I realized that I felt like God was calling me to more. I knew that I had a greater purpose in life and had always been there, but I had never had even the courage to start it or to even go after it. And so through that, I decided that I wanted to look into becoming a life coach. That was the first thing. I got a hold of somebody who I knew was a life coach, got certified in it. it you know, I, I think it's like a year long program, maybe more. And then from there, I realized that I needed something more um, to help me when I was coaching my clients, to help my clients move forward, to understand themselves better, to figure out their why, to go deeper. And I knew, you know, obviously I knew about the Enneagram. And so Mm -hmm. I decided to pick that back up and get certified in it. And I merged those two together. And that's how Enneagram and coaching was born. And so that's what I, you know, that's kind of like the, the very cliff note version of of how I became an Enneagram coach. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. And I, I love the, I mean, when we are helping others, like mm-hmm. usually people that are helping others, it's, it's, it comes out of that piece of empathy. So it's like yeah. you are, it's the perfect blend of, I don't know, like God taking our, our deepest hurts and, and making them oh. and turning them into something beautiful. Yeah, and, and a purpose with it. Yeah, and you get to do that for others now. It's interesting because I haven't dived into this yet on my own uh, YouTube channel, but I grew up in a very chaotic, uh, abusive type of a home. And I've walked through a lot in my life. And that is what really was part of the reason that's driving me to help others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like exactly what you said, is mm-hmm. we take our own story, our own pain, our everything and find purpose with it. And use it to, you know, there is such empathy and compassion in me. And to give that away is one of the greatest gifts. The the video that I watched, which you and I have talked about this, um, we talked about it the other day, but the video that I watched that was kind of a catalyst for what I want to talk to you more about today was, um, and I'm drawing a blank. Oh, is it, it's time to wake up? Yes. 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 It's time to wake up. And you were Uh talking as a nine, two nines out there or two, you know, people that love nines. And you were talking about, of course, the, the song and, um, Ryan O'Neill's song from the sleeping last. Um, and it, this made me think of that video and what you were talking about, because you mentioned empathy and it says, Oh, it looks like empathy to understand all sides, but I'm just trying to find myself through someone else's eyes. Mm. And I'm, I I think that is, I don't know if, I don't know if that resonates with all nines, but like I I've considered myself super empathetic, like feeling other people's feelings and any situation that I go through, I'm like talking to others about their lives and their hurts. And I'm like, 
okay, yeah. this is this is how I know myself more is because I'm hearing you talk about your experience. I don't know if you had anything else to add to that. Like what how how is empathy played into your life um now or maybe just throughout your life? How has that that empathy piece, you know, played out in your life? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I actually think I sometimes I have too much empathy because <laughs> I I can see all sides and I can, you know, see everything from different perspectives and be in their shoes and to the detriment of myself sometimes. Um, because the feelings that can go deep with that and you, you just have this empathy for other people. And I think with what I've walked through and the different things that I've walked through, it has given me empathy for all types of people, all, all such, all situations. I have had friends come up and, and, you know, want to share things with me that were for the normal person. I think somebody would be like, oh my gosh, that's what you're going through. And I always think like, I have such a poker face. Because like, I don't, I don't show anything on my face in the moment because my heart instantly, it doesn't even matter what it is. I'm hurting. I'm hurting for them Mm -hmm. and with them. And then I'm, I'm seeking a way to help, not, not to like help them move through, but to listen, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think helping can look like listening. Um, cause I don't think I always have the right advice, but I do think I can just listen and, and come at such a non-judgmental space. To where that that's where that empathy is for me and in different so many different areas in my life and and um, different things in my life that everything I've walked through I don't I don't think of it like oh my gosh I I wish I never would have went through that anymore it's more of like well it's equipped me for whatever I'm walking through and for whoever I'm walking with and I just think it's an equipping and it's nothing I think God would totally choose for me mm-hmm. um, but you know this world is not not fair and not just all the time. And we do have to walk through things, but it's definitely given me more tools in my toolbox. And, and I choose to see it that way. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think back to your, your past or maybe like your teenage years, high school, college, um, mm-hmm. in that empathy piece, is that something that you were in touch with back then being empathetic with yeah. others? Yes, absolutely. Um, to the point where I think people had a hard time with me. I, I didn't have, like, I wasn't popular. I was very shy. I was the person that just, please don't see me. Please don't talk to me. Don't see me. Um, I just wanted to be reading a book at all times. I wanted to escape my own life um, by, by being in someone else's story. Merging with a character in the book is literally my favorite thing to do ever still. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, but as I, absolutely had that empathy and, um, probably because of what I was walking through mm-hmm. is, is a big piece of it. And then also, um, my, the friends that I did have never understood why I couldn't side with them. And it got me in trouble a lot. I just don't have that, like, where I'm like, oh yeah, I want to talk, talk with you about, that. it's always like, I just, I want, I wanted to be friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally cannot handle somebody being left out. Like it could make me cry. I cannot handle anybody, anybody being left out. And so I guess I've just always have a, had a really soft heart that way, good, right or wrong, good or bad. I can't say it's the best thing in the world, but I think, you know, it's just how I'm Yeah. Made. Yeah. And, and people need people like you, like there are others at the table that even they might be, um, someone that appears to be getting a lot of attention, but mm-hmm. the intentionality that you take with your empathy to listen or to look into them 
it doesn't matter what Enneagram number they are or what background they have, like a listener and someone that's going to take time to connect is universal. So that's just beautiful. I love that so much. Um, It makes me think of just how we are all, when I think of the, the Enneagram symbol and how, how it all fits together when everyone is living out of the fullness of who God made them to be. And all those Enneagram numbers are kind of like a representation of the fullness of God. I agree with that. And it's like, you're, it's like, you're playing that role, that piece of the puzzle that you fit and meeting up with somebody. And it's like a God puzzle piece. You're getting that's so beautiful. That's the best way to look at it. I 100% agree. I think we need all, the, you know, we need all types to help. You know, there's literally a pivotal piece for all of us. And when the nine doesn't show up to their own life, then the, there's something missing. And we have to show up and we are an important piece, just like, but no more or no less than everybody else. But we are an important piece um, to the body of Christ and what that looks like. And that is my biggest goal with teaching the Enneagram. And there's always an underlying, everybody can pick up on it in my videos. I am like, please love and accept who you are. Because when we do that, then we can all be in unity. And I know like, it just sounds so like rainbows and butterflies, but like, I believe this so deeply. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much great to people, but there's pieces we need to work on too. I'm not like, you know, ignoring that. That's a great thing about the Enneagram also, right? It gives us things to be alert to, things to be looking for, growth areas and stuff like that. So when you moved to Alaska mm-hmm. and you said your kids and your husband and you, how old were your, you have two boys? I have two boys. Yes. Um, they were like nine and 11, I think, because okay. they're 18 and 20 now. So Okay. And so you moved there and you said that you started feeling like lost, like you, the yes. people that you used to merge with were no longer there. Yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are speaking my language. I remember moving away to cop to like my master's program and I was, and I just gotten married and I was like, who am I? Like I'm, I'm newly married. I'm supposed to be like confident yeah. and have this thing figured out. And I was like, I don't know how to make a friend. So, yeah. um, so I want to hear more about that. Like what was, what was going on in you in that, like figuring yourself out? Okay. That's a great question because okay this is how I always put it God moved me to the most beautiful place on earth to deal with the ugliest pieces inside of me mm. and what that looked like is I was merging God does that is not what we're supposed to do right I was merging to lose my own identity and mm. I needed to be taken away from that I couldn't on my own make that decision and it was just friendships and I've ne- I don't merge with my husband, which is weird. Some nines do. I do not. <laughs> I never have. Um, but I merge with strong personalities that are a friendship and not always healthy. Um, I think sometimes I can find safety in being, you know, with somebody who is way louder, way stronger, way has all the answers. And so moving to Alaska, it cut all of that off. And I, I just think he pruned me, but it needed to happen. I, in the, in it, I was like not happy, <laughs> but outside of it, I'm so grateful because I now can stand on my own. This is why I could do what I'm doing because I do ultimately know who I am. Um, mm-hmm. 
Not a hundred percent. I think I'm always going to be growing and learning, but that's a little bit about Alaska in the sense of why I think there was a bigger reason outside of just a job move. You know, I think it was wonderful for my children. It was a really great moment for our family to grow stronger without, you know, having anything outside of us. We had to really just like, I always call us the core four and we had to, we had to, you know, like gather our strength together. But for me personally, it was the hardest not the hardest season, but a hard season mm-hmm. of me walking through, but an important one that I had to walk through. Yeah. So that was how many years ago? I mean, I think around nine, maybe, maybe nine, nine years, years ago. ago when you moved there or when, yeah. okay. We only were there for a year and a half. It's okay. not very long. Yeah. Just enough time to get the work done. Yep. God's like, all right, a little boot camp here uh-huh. for uh-huh. you. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. I've actually asked God for a boot camp for myself um, in different seasons of my life because I, I have felt like incompetent or like I wasn't measuring up to who I thought, you know, the world yeah. was saying I needed to be or whatever. And I was yeah. like, I just need a, a boot camp. And sure enough, there was always a boot camp around yes. the corner. Oh, oh man. Me. I make sure not to ask for certain things anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So I have a question um, based on what you said of of how that was like a, a year and a half, like serious growth for yourself of big, like, like you weren't merging anymore or you couldn't merge. So you're figuring yourself yeah. out. So who was Hillary before she went to Alaska? And then who is Hillary now? Wow. Oh my gosh. That's such a deep question. Who was Hillary before? And you can just give me some some words that described you or an example. I think Hillary was, okay, I can give you words. Hillary was unsure, scared, um, not a lot of confidence. You and, and it is one of those things where you probably, if you looked back at pictures and everything, you wouldn't know it. Um, I, I do know it. If I look back at pictures, I see it in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, there's a difference in my eyes. I had a harder time looking in people's eyes. I do know that. I questioned myself a lot. I tried to be like the best mom and wife and friend, but I was trying really hard. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to juggle everything all the time to where I didn't know who I was. There's great things that happened too. But like, when I look back, I I wasn't who I am today. And it's interesting because I look at it as I think I was more of a nine wing one before. If you look at the differences between the nine wing one and the nine wing eight, and I think after Alaska, um, and maybe really even further on because of my mom passing away, um, I needed the eight. I needed mm-hmm. to, and, and that really developed in me and the courage and confidence came. Um, the, I know who I am today. I am at peace with who I am. I am okay with who I am. I, you know, tend to, I use those words. I want to stay in my own lane. I know that I have a lane. I didn't know that I had a lane before. I'm confident in my lane. I still can, you know, obviously have moments of doubt and moments of does my presence matter? I'm, you know, I could be hormonal. I could have different things happen. But for the most part, like I'm able to show up to my own life and and feel equipped for it mostly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever could a hundred percent, but I, yeah, I'm just equipped and I just, I'm confident in who I am. And, and I think my confidence has grown every time I help somebody else find theirs. 
Mm-hmm. That just, that literally just signifies again of who I am because that's what I meant to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, for me, when I'm able to do that thing you're talking about, which is be in my lane and connect other people to their purpose or, you know, to the pain inside of them so that they, they can heal. Um, yeah. It's like, I feel like when we can find that groove or that lane that we're supposed to be in, it literally does feel like the flow of God. It feels yeah. like the spirit is yeah. living through you when, when yes. you're doing that. And we, I think nines, because we look outside of ourselves so much for validation or looking for mm-hmm. who we are and tell me who I am. Am I important? Do I matter? What's my, like, almost for me, like, what's my personality? How do you, how do you experience me? Those types of things. Yep. And the society is telling us, you know, achievement is, is who you are and all of mm-hmm. that. But when we can find the lane of purpose and like God within you flowing through, I don't, I don't know if I'm describing it well, but, but it just feels different. It feels like I feel good when I'm doing this. And also it's healing for me too, to be able to be in that lane of purpose. Yeah, I agree. It is healing for me too. I wanted to go back to one of the quotes from that song because you referenced the song. And I think, I think that, that your video was just kind of inspired by the song, right? Right. I was having a hard time that morning thinking, what do I do a video on today? Cause I have a confessions of a nine series. And I was like, mm-hmm. what do I do the video on? I just was blank, literally blank. And I just ended up stumbling upon that and listening to it. I started to cry. And in the, in that moment, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to walk through this song and see what it looks like. And, yeah. and I always told myself, and if I, if it doesn't turn out well, then I don't have to post it. So one of the lines in there was wake up, roll up your sleeves. There's a chain reaction in your heart, muscle memory, remembering who you are. If you remember saying that on the video, it's like, I don't know. I just felt like you really resonated with that. Like, what is it about? Like, wake up, roll up your sleeves. There's a chain reaction in your heart, remembering who you are. Is there anything about that that resonates? I felt just even when you just said it again, I remember feeling like this in the video. It literally lights a fire in my soul Mm -hmm. because I'm like, wake up. Because I just know what we're meant for, right? And for me personally, um, I believe Ian Morgan Cron says says it, um, where it's, who were you before the world told you who to be? And that hits me really hard. And I really believe, while I know, um, you know, we're, you know, our personality, but we do get wounded. And mm-hmm. I know when my wounding happened, my childhood wound. and mm-hmm you know, that, um, the, your presence doesn't matter. It's not okay to assert yourself. Those things. I remember, uh, around the age, it was around 10 years old. And, and it's interesting because that's when I changed. That's when I decided as a little kid that that was right. And I was wrong before that. I never thought about that. My presence just did matter. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I still was a peacemaker. I still, you know, I had the same spirit about me, but until, um, this pivotal moment happened and really it was the next, um, about seven years that that's when little by little who I was before the world told me who to be was stripped away. Mm-hmm. And that's where as an adult now, and, and with this tool that we have and 
the word of God, you know, all of this, um, I really believe that I've, I've been able to lay that down and go, what I decided as a child is no longer applicable to who I am. And mm-hmm. so that's where I go, I'm going to roll up my sleeves ex- exactly how he says and go, who, who am I? And, and step into who I am and who I was meant to be. And I think we all have that. We all can remember a little bit of like, you know, dreams and goals and things that, that we had in our heart before the world got really loud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and for me, it was like, I would talk and it would, I would either be talked over it, you know, or a stronger personality. They were louder. You know, it was those little things. Maybe no one said Hillary, your presence doesn't matter in the moment, but I heard it over and over again, every time something like that happened. And so a little bit of me got stripped away. And so I think it's just stepping back into that and remembering and going, yeah. okay. Yeah. And to think that the pain of your past, the pain of your mm-hmm. childhood and all of our childhoods in one way or another pushed in on you and kind mm-hmm. of put part of who you were made to be to sleep, or you did yeah. that as a protective mm-hmm. yeah. mechanism survival. or yeah, survival. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you've also talked about how the pain of losing your mom mm-hmm. did the opposite. It kind of pushed you back out of it which is really interesting to me because I think about, and I have a quote here um, that I sent a friend of mine the other day. I'm just going to open it up on my phone and it's, it's a Tony Robbins quote. I don't know if Tony Robbins is over the top for you, but he says some good things sometimes. He says some good things. He's not over the top. (laughs) He says change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. So Yes, it is so good. And, you know, we, I think we kind of understand that concept that we grow through pain. Um, You know, a child is, is learning how to walk and it's, it's painful for them because they've never learned how to walk. They're learning how to do all these things. Everything is, it's kind of built upon a struggle, but then like life traumas happen in that, and our brains process it in however way it can. And Mm -hmm. then, but I just, I wondered if you would talk about how losing your mom and that, that journey maybe yeah. kind of brought you out of some of that from your childhood. Yeah, it definitely woke me up, but it, it not right away. I, after I lost my mom, I did not prepare at all. I never wavered in my belief that she was going to be killed. And I mean, I'm in that positive triad. So, you know, and I just believed it with everything in me. Um, and so when she passed away, I had to process that. I had to process how I, you know, God says, have faith of a mustard seed, you know? Like there was a lot of things with God I had to process first. And then I had to process that she died of cancer. And so I'm afraid of dying. I go towards a six under stress. Off and on throughout my life, I've struggled struggled with anxiety and panic attacks. And I started to struggle thinking, like I thought I had something in my throat for like six months, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, you go through, I, I just dived into my six. Like I just wallowed in it, lived in it, stayed in it, like everything because, and when I think about it now, after you lose somebody as a nine, and I don't know, I, I haven't processed this as the other types yet. Um, but my peace was gone. And what's the most important thing to me in life? You know, I mean, aside from your children, and husband, obviously that kind of stuff, I'm not trying to like say that, but you know, our greatest desire is that it's not only just peace, but it's peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And my peace of mind was gone. And 
I wrestled and wrestled and it was terrible. It was terrible, but I did end up going on um, some medicine because I didn't even know that I was depressed. I had no idea. <laughs> like, you know, my doctor kept telling me and I was like, no, I just have anxiety. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up having to go on some medicine to relieve me the pain of losing my mom and the, the, all of those things. Right. But as I was walking through it, I started to think about her life. And I started to think about, she died at 55 and how young that is. Mm -hmm. And all of that started to make sense of like, I needed to wake up to my own life because the tomorrow is not promised. And so I walked that journey of like, what I already knew these little things were called. I knew that this is what I wanted to do, but it was the catalyst of me going, you know, not even, it's like, do it for her, but do it for myself and do it for everybody else that's waiting for me to step into my lane. That is the honest truth. We're waiting for nines to step into their lane. And so all of that combined helped me to finally step into that lane and go, okay. And that's when I started the program uh, to get my life coaching um, certification. And it's interesting because part of the reason why I started that was to understand myself. Like, I was like, well, you know, if I can learn about coaching, essentially I'm, I could be coached during it. And so it was, it was all of that combined, but I guess that's how, that's my grief journey. And then that's my piece of going, how does this wake me up? And it did, it lit a fire and it helped me wake up and go, okay, you know, if, if not now, then when? Yeah. And I, I'm just getting kind of like choked, choked up here thinking about just how, well, how short life is and how you, you don't really, cause I've lost my mom also. And I've talked about that a few times on the podcast, but you just don't until you walk through it personally with someone, my mom had cancer and, you know, we were kind of there through the, the last months of her life, walking through that. And just, and then for them to be gone. And it's like, it's like this, this gaping hole of, of like, wait, what just happened? Like, where, where, where is she? Like, and I'm not even saying like, I'm not even talking about the afterlife. I'm just like letting that, that reality of death come into my mind. And I've always been scared of death also. And interestingly enough that you said that, my mom passed away of a brain tumor. I also had fears. Like if I had a headache, like for yep. a good year, two years, if I got a headache, I was like, okay, I have a brain tumor. Like yep. it's happening. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but walking through death or walking through someone dying that you love and relating that to yourself and the, pre- like how precious our life is and how short it is. And, and really it's in our court to decide mm-hmm. if we don't decide we're all going to end up dying. Right. Right. Like it is right. what it is. Right. And it's, it's hard to even say it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't want to die. I don't want to say right. that I'm going to die because then it's probably right. going to happen tomorrow. Right. Like it's just so fearful. But yeah. until, until I could come to uh, my story, similar to yours in that, that was a catalyst for, for moving forward. So how does that now your mom passing and that, you know, continuing on your journey of putting your voice out there, how does yeah. it continue to p- propel you forward? How do you keep yeah. yourself awake 
and that's the difference, right? Because it woke me up, but now I have to stay awake. And so I, I know what it looks like to stay awake now. And for me, what keeps me awake is I identified what was helping me stay asleep. And so I think that's a really important piece to identify, well, what are you putting your sleep yourself to sleep with? And in some of that, um, if I'm just thinking tangibles for me personally, I was using, uh, games on my phone. Like I should feel super ashamed about this, but I don't, but I was over 4,000 in candy crush. <laughs> I crushed it all the time. Um, I gave, I gave this up, I think two and a half years ago, I haven't played it for two and a half years. Um, because why? Because it was always just there and I could just zone out. So it's like, what do I zone out? And what do I use to numb out? And I think it's different for everybody, but it was that it was reading um, novels. I love to read. And I don't think it's, I don't even think reading or games are wrong, but it's what are you using it for and when are you using it? And so now it's, if I'm on vacation or, or anything like that, but um, I got a hold of what it was doing and how it was keeping me asleep and um, Mm -hmm. even TV and, and everything. Right. And I'm just saying, those are just little things for me. I a big one was shopping. A lot of times shopping, it just, I would be, you know, sitting there. It's like, all of a sudden I feel like something stirring, like, Oh, I want to do this. And then it was like, wait, I need to run to target. And I keep myself asleep. And I ran to target. I don't even have to buy anything, but the act of just leaving and coming back kept me numb. So it's all these little things that I stopped or I really felt like I needed to identify what keeps me asleep. And those are just tangible ideas. There's way more than that, but just little things of, okay, so now putting them in their rightful place and where do they actually go in my life? And then also everybody I get to do life with every client that hires me, um, the YouTube, you know, every comment I read almost every single comment. I might not get to reply to all of them, but I read them all. Those connections with other people, that keeps me staying awake. This used to be embarrassing to admit, but I thought about quitting almost every single day because it felt that hard. It was so painful to stay awake. It felt like I was walking through quicksand, mud, every single day to be on social media, to figure out what should I post today? all of this still is exhausting to me, but it was the, you know, getting through the initial and just comparing myself and not feeling good enough and going, they, they have enough Enneagram coaches out there. There's a lot now, right? And all these reasons to stop. I always, every day felt God say, just take one step forward today. That's all I call you to today. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about next week. Don't think like, so-and-so has 250 videos out. You only have 25. So you're never going to catch up, right? Hillary, what are you being called to today only? Because it's too much for us. I'm a peacemaker. I'm a peacekeeper. And and it was stealing my peace. And so that's how I stay in my lane is I just, um, just look at what today is. Mm -hmm. And I, and I show up for today only. And, and just, I trust that God will equip me. Wow. I just want to, I want to end on that because I'm just like, dang girl, (laughs) you're helping me. You're helping these people. You're helping us. We nines out here. So, oh my gosh, that is so beautiful, Hillary. And thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And thank you for letting, um, like 
you said that you said those those things um like candy crush and going to target to to numb out you you, you said that those things sound silly and it because they're yeah. the circus thing yeah yeah they make up so much of our life like right. we, like if 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 you're a type that tends to you know numb out to whatever you know whatever the pain is i mean those surface things like can really weigh you down and can really like make or break your day or your life or you know whatever so yeah i'm just so inspired by you i'm oh, so inspired thank you so much i appreciate that so much it means and the world to me I, I just love everything you've shared. And I know that people that are listening are also resonating with this and you're just speaking my language and I know you're speaking our language. And so tell, tell everyone, how can we find you Enneagram and coaching, right? Yes. So, so yes. tell us your Instagram and YouTube and, and all that. <laughs> all the places you can find me. Okay. So Instagram, I have two Instagram accounts. One is just called Hillary underscore McCaskey, which is my last name underscore coaching. That's just a personal one. Um, and then I have a business Enneagram one where I love to draw things and um, do stuff like that. And so that's just called Enneagram and Coaching. I have a YouTube channel. You can find me by typing in Enneagram and Coaching or Hillary McCaskey. Either of those ways will lead you right to my channel. Um, probably youtube.com slash Hillary McCaskey. And then uh, let's see, anywhere else. I have an Etsy account behind me. You see I have stickers on my wall. I do mm -hmm. make Enneagram stickers and different kinds of stickers and notebooks and stuff like that, which has allowed me to have some downtime, interesting enough, um, have a little creative outlet. And yeah, Instagram, YouTube, Etsy. My Pinterest is terrible. Don't even try to find me there. <laughs> and that's about it. So Enneagramandcoaching.com is my website. You can find anything on there. Um, I do uh, typing sessions, one hour Zoom calls with me where we go through and we figure out your type and your wing and sometimes your subtype. And then also I offer um, monthly coaching and that's where we meet usually once a week or one hour over Zoom and we walk through your type and we dig into it and we walk through what's going on in your life and uh, alongside with your type and, and uh, you know, grow through that. And so those are the, the two things that I offer on there. Yay. That's awesome. All right. Thank you, Hillary. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lindsay, so much. Okay. If you're still here, you are my friend. I want to thank you um, with a few giveaways that I'm doing this week. Over on Instagram, you can find me, lindsayhager.co. I was Enneagram 9 Stories, but I have changed over to lindsayhager.co. It's the same. Um, if, you've already, if you already follow me, you're going to find me super easy. But I'm giving away two Enneagram sticker bundles from Hillary's Etsy store. And then in addition, inside my Facebook group, which was previously Enneagram 9 Stories, now it's called the Peacemakers Community, I'm giving away a Type 9 art piece from Ryan O'Neill's Sleeping at Last website. So make sure to check all of those out. Um, and I'll put all of those links down in the show notes. Love you guys, and thanks so much for listening.